0: You're listening to Nest Talk, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Now, here's your host, Christopher Linfont. If that won't hype you up for a podcast, I'm not really sure what will. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Christopher Linfont, your host of Nest Talk. Episode 27 of Nest Talk is being recorded on this snowy day in Baltimore on February 20th, 2019. Well, schools are closed, uh, but the Ravens are still open for business. It may be the off-season, but there's still a lot of work to get done, and we've got a lot of news to talk about, and of course, I'll give my opinions along the way. But first, I hope you like that new intro. We'll be using that intro for a while now. Um... And more things to come on this podcast. We're going to come up with more segments. We're going to keep making this podcast better and better so you, the listeners out there, um, can have the best experience. That's my overall goal here, make the best experience for you guys and make the best overall podcast. But getting into the show, um, so there's been a lot that's happened this past week. Obviously, last week's big story was the Flacco trade, and we have more developments on this Joe Flacco trade. Uh, Joe Flacco traded to the Denver Broncos, what we now know as a fourth-round pick, 99% sure that's a fourth-round pick. That's what all the reports are coming out of Denver on. Uh, Joe Flacco was spotted in Denver International Airport. Uh, flying coach, I believe, he was in line to anyway. Uh, so that was the day he was scheduled to take a physical. He passed his physical in Denver. So the trade to Denver looks like it will go through. There should not be any issues with that trade uh, going further unless one of the two teams backs out, but I really doubt it at this point. Um So Flacco, obviously, is going to be heading to the Denver Broncos, the team he hit the Mile High Miracle on, to get the Ravens to the AFC Championship, and the rest is history. We all know that Super Bowl run, the magic Super Bowl run that Joe Flacco will be immortalized in NFL history for. It's the single greatest NFL um, postseason run by any quarterback of history. 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, over 1,000 yards passing. Uh, A remarkable performance by Joe Flacco in that postseason. Um, But we do have new developments with Joe Flacco here. Um, there are reports coming out of the town just down I ninety five, Washington D C. That the Washington Redskins were reportedly the other team in talks with the Denver. No, sorry, with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, there were reports that there was another team that was pushing Denver to make the deal happen quickly, and that team apparently is Washington. Uh, the Washington Redskins lost uh, quarterback Alex Smith last year. Um, with a horrendous leg injury. I don't think we need to recant that story once again. Terrible, terrible leg injury. Joe Theismann was in the crowd to see it and thought of his injury that happened, what, 30 years ago now? Um, That ended his career. Uh, Alex Smith, his career might be over, might not be over. We really don't know yet. Um, But the Washington Redskins wanted to take the precaution. They wanted to get out ahead of the curve and try to find a quarterback to play next year, assuming that Alex Smith won't be able to. but this makes sense that the Washington Redskins were going to be interested. I heard rumblings out of Washington that they might be interested before the, the trade talks took place, uh, and I knew Denver would be interested. So, or at least thought so anyway. Um, but the Denver Broncos are the one that make the deal happen. Uh, they offered the fourth-round pick, and I guess the Washington Redskins were not about to offer a third-round pick for Joe Flacco. I don't blame him. I don't blame the Redskins. I don't think Joe Flacco would be worth the thir- third-round pick. The Redskins obviously have other needs to fill. Um, And a third-round pick for a stopgap quarterback is a pretty high price to pay, especially if you're Washington, where you don't really think you're going to make the Super Bowl anytime soon. Uh, Denver's another story. They've got weapons on offense. They've got weapons on defense. They're a team that can come right back and compete for the AFC West. I think Flacco gives them a lot of versatility on that offense. Uh, But it is interesting to see that the Washington Redskins were interested, making the Denver Broncos not the only suitor of Joe Flacco. Uh, There could have been more teams. I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, Just get out there. Um, I don't think there are any more, more teams, but it's possible that there could have been. So that we know that there were at least two suitors for Joe Flacco. And this is on, on the uh, player who a lot of guys in the media, uh, you know, at times myself I didn't know what kind of market we'd have for Joe Flacco. Um, you know, a lot of guys thought that Joe Flacco was not going to have a market at all, that he was going to have to be released because the Ravens would not be able to find a trade partner for, uh, for Joe Flacco. And obviously that's not the case. They had two people, two teams willing to grab Joe Flacco from them for at least a fourth-round pick. I don't know what the Redskins were going to offer. I would assume maybe a fifth and change or a sixth and change, somewhere in there. But the Denver Broncos are the, the team that gets Flacco, John Elway, getting an elite quarterback in Denver. So uh, Ravens offseason news. Obviously, we have the drafts coming up. We'll talk about our draft prospect of the week at the end of the episode. Um, but I do want to talk about impending an impending free agent. Uh, we discussed him last week, C.J. Mosley. Uh, the question of the franchise tag has come up. Recently, I've seen a few articles out there discussing the franchise tag, and I'm going to tell you why that the Ravens will not be franchise tagging C.J. Mosley. Um, C.J. Mosley, obviously, is one of the best inside linebackers, if not the best inside linebacker in the NFL right now. But the problem with franchise tagging him is he's not considered an inside linebacker with a franchise tag. He's considered a linebacker, and that includes edge rusher guys, guys like you know Terrell Suggs is a linebacker. But he's an edge rusher. He's going to make more money on average, a guy like him, than than uh, CJ Mosley will. So if you franchise tag CJ Mosley, it's going to cost the Ravens a whopping fifteen point five nine one million dollars per year, average, whatever whatever that would come out to. I'm sorry, for this year. Not it's not a long term deal. Um, so CJ Mosley's likely market though was only eleven million. If you franchise tag him, you're essentially wasting. Four million dollars and throwing it down the hole to get Mosley. Um, if the last resort is to franchise tag Mosley and the Ravens can can basically eat that cap, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I think the Ravens have to play you know the smart game here and make sure they can get Mosley on an 11 million, maybe 12, 12 is pushing it, um, 11 million uh, per year deal. Find um, places to put the rest of the salary cap that you're going to hold on to. For for putting Mosley on this kind of deal, a, a franchise tag would not be a good thing for next year, um, unless they had a ton of cap space and they make other moves and they just have a ton of cap space to spend money on, then they may as well just franchise tag him if they can't keep him in Baltimore. But I really think, um, you know, Mosley has to stay. And to be crazy, it's, you know, it's it's one thing if you know you're gonna have a lot of franchise. I'm sorry, if you know you're gonna have a lot of cap space, but the Ravens are gonna enter free agency. You know, they're gonna have to have this franchise tag decided before then. Um, unless they resolve to cut both Jimmy Smith and Eric Weddle, and of course they dropping Joe Flacco's contract. Uh, unless they resolve to do that, franchise tagging Mosley is a mistake. Um, if he hits the open market, I don't know how out of hand it'll get. Um, but I do believe that C.J. Mosley wants to be back in Baltimore. I believe the Ravens want C.J. Mosley back. I believe that a deal will come between these two parties, um, and it will be beneficial for both parties. I think that we're going to see... C.J. Mosley come back on an 11 12's pushing it, but maybe a $12 million a year deal. Um, and I think he deserves top money. He plays very well for the Ravens. Um, you know, all the all the criticism about him in past coverage I think is a little bit overplayed. Um, he's been a stellar player for the Ravens, four-time Pro Bowler, four-time second-team All-Pro. The dude's a tackling machine. Uh, and we saw what happened when he was out against the Bengals, um, and A.J. Green just really over the middle kept bugging the Ravens over and over and over again. Uh, if you let that happen without C.J. Mosley on a continuous basis, uh, that's going to be a major problem for the Ravens. Uh, so they've got to get C.J. Mosley back, um, but not on the franchise tag. That could financially, uh, not ruin, but, you know, it, it, it could be a big financial problem for the Ravens. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, but moving on to some more offseason talk here. You know, obviously we don't have a whole lot of off-season talk in the dead of February here, but I do want to talk a little bit about Hayden Hurst um, who put on Instagram a picture of what was wrong with his foot. It looked like he had a screw on the left side of his foot, um, and he basically said that he apologizes for not being 100% this year, he was due to injury, and that he's 100% at this point now, and he'll be coming back uh, and ready to ball out next year. Uh, look, I sure hope he can ball out next year. I think that this year was really a waste for him. It, it didn't do him any justice this year to be picked in the first round and be, you know, outplayed by a, a third-round uh, rookie out of, out, of your same, um, out of your same position. And he's younger, too. Remember Hayden Hurst coming out of college is 25. Mark Andrews, th- I think, is 21, something like that. Um, not a great year for Hayden Hurst at all. Obviously has his foot injuries. You can't really blame him a whole lot for that. Uh, the injuries were, were the biggest problem, I think, for him. But he's got to be mentally prepared for next year. If he's you know, ready to go 100% next year, he's ready to go. But I hope he can come back and really do something. We will have to wait and see, though. We obviously won't know until at least the preseason. We'll get some sort of inkling on what's going on with the preseason um, when Hayden Hurst competes in a, in a regular game setting. Um, but moving on, I want to talk on our last piece of news uh, about Greg Roman. Greg Roman was introduced to the media for the first time as the Ravens offensive coordinator yesterday. If you missed that press conference, you can find it uh, on the Baltimore Ravens website. Unfortunately, I was not able to watch that po- uh, that press conference. Uh, I was tied up doing something else at the time. I was not able to watch it. So uh, I got my impressions um, on it, though, uh, and basically... The three biggest takeaways that we saw out of Greg Roman's uh, press conference here: um, he Look, he. I'm sorry. The two biggest takeaways I've got here. Uh, he likes Lamar Jackson a lot. He said Lamar Jackson for him the sky is the limit. Uh, Greg Roman is a guy that'll come in and and really do well with with mobile quarterbacks. He's done it. In San Francisco, obviously, he had Colin Kaepernick and Colin Kaepernick's good years with the San Francisco 49ers and Jim Harbaugh at the helm as head coach. Uh, he went to the Buffalo Bills, was uh, Tyrod Taylor's offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Uh, so he's got a lot of experience with mobile guys, guys who maybe need to work on their passing. Obviously, Tyrod Taylor is one of them. Um, Kaepernick was an okay passer when he was a, when he was a starting quarterback. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor has kind of fallen from grace since... Both of them have really fallen from grace, but Tyrod Taylor more... I think would be an example of a guy who's not the best passer in the world compared to other quarterbacks, to say the least. And in Lamar Jackson, you have a guy who's got to develop his passing attack, uh, but who's got uh, arguably the most talent in the league, and if he can pull it off, I think he'll be a great, great quarterback. And Greg Roman seems to think the same way. Uh, If Greg Roman can implement a read option-type scheme, power running, uh, and, of course, put Lamar Jackson in situations where he can both pass effectively at his current state and learn to pass better in other states. I think Lamar Jackson will be a weapon for the Ravens in a few years, if not next year, being a very big uh, weapon for this offense. But he is going to have to work with Lamar Jackson and figure out how he can make him a better passer, make it a, dec- a better decision maker. Uh, and of course, get him to stop taking these hits. Uh, you know, a lot of the times in the, the regular season, we saw him take a lot of hits and I was not really, you know, crazy about that and seeing what happened to RG three in Washington. Um, Another thing with Greg Roman, the other point I want to talk about is he wants to build a whole new system from scratch. He is not carrying over the Marty Mornwick system. He's not carrying over his system from Buffalo. He's not carrying over his system from the 49ers. He's building his own new system from scratch here in Baltimore around Lamar Jackson with a strong running game, is going to be its emphasis without a doubt. Um, I think this is a good move. I think, you know, I would be not opposed. I'd be in favor of actually, you know, scrapping your playbook or not your whole playbook, but your game plans from one year and not transitioning them to the next because it keeps uh, opposing defenses guessing. It keeps your offense fresh with new ideas, um, and you can find weaknesses on other teams that can be exploited with these new, new weapons you have on offense. Um, so I'm very much in favor of building a brand-new offense in Baltimore uh, with Greg Roman. I think Reddy Roman is going to do a great job. Uh, he's, a, he's a pretty great offensive mind, especially with the run game and mobile quarterbacks, and I think that you know having him on the staff is going to be a great um, compliment to Lamar Jackson and his development. Um, but speaking of mobile quarterbacks, the Ravens will end up needing a quarterback to be the backup. RG3 is currently listed as a free agent heading into the open market as soon as possible. No deal has been made between RG3 and Baltimore to keep him in. Baltimore. Um, so what does this mean, basically? Well, the Ravens are going to have to shop around for a backup quarterback unless they can get RG3 back on a new deal. Um, it's a lot of talk. I mean, I've seen people suggest Kyler Murray. I've seen people say go after Colin Kaepernick. I've seen, you know, people just say the craziest things about quarterbacks, that we need this quarterback, we need that quarterback, let's draft this quarterback, let's draft that quarterback. Um, I always like to think that it's best to have a young quarterback with a veteran backup and a veteran backup with a young quarterback. Um, You know, if the veteran guy goes down, a young guy can take over and maybe do a little bit more than a veteran. And if a a young guy goes down, the veteran can come in and handle the situation because he's a veteran. Um, So with the veteran uh, quarterback at the the backup quarterback position, I think the Ravens would be well-equipped going into 2019 at the quarterback position. And I think that that veteran quarterback, if it's not Robert Griffin III – uh, I would very much like it to be Robert Griffin III. I think Robert Griffin III is the best backup quarterback available for the Ravens. Um, but I think if they can't get Robert Griffin III, I would like the Ravens to pursue Tyrod Taylor. Yes, you heard me right. Tyrod Taylor, the former Bills quarterback, the former Ravens quarterback, back up to Joe Flacco for four years. Tyrod Taylor would bring a... A presence to this offense that I think would be great for Lamar Jackson. He has a, a veteran as the backup and mobile as a mobile quarterback, veteran backup as a mentor like RG3, um, and he's got a guy who's been in Baltimore before. He knows John Harbaugh. He knows some of these guys that are still on the staff uh, and on the team. So th- I think that you know bringing in Tyrod Taylor would be an excellent move for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, bring him home to Baltimore and have him backup Ro- uh, not Robert Griffin third, Lamar Jackson. Um, But, you know, Tyrod Taylor's stint in Buffalo was not super successful. Uh, He had some good points there. He had some very low points there as well. Uh, Not the best time in Buffalo. Went to Cleveland to be the starter. They draft Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield takes a starting job from Tyrod Taylor. Um, So, you know, he's been out of the Ravens since since 2015, three years in Buffalo, one year in Cleveland. Um, But his numbers aren't that bad. I mean, he passed for 3,000 yards. Twice in 2015, 2016, 2017, he passed for 2799 2799. Um, you know, he's not the best quarterback in the world, but I think he would be a serviceable backup, if not one of the better backups in the league. And he fits the scheme that Greg Roman is going to put together. And he's a guy who can mentor Robert Griffin. Not Robert, why do I keep saying RG3? A guy that can mentor uh, Lamar Jackson. And of course, he's been around this team before. Um, but what kind of numbers are we looking at for him? Uh, I think typical backup quarterback money. I can't see them paying him over four million dollars a year. Uh, I think it's probably going to be closer to three, or maybe even down to two, for Tyrod Taylor. Um, and Tyrod Taylor is going to have to find a job somewhere because you know he's not going to be a starter again. That's for certain. He's gotten kicked out of being a starter twice now. Um, I don't think he'll he'll have really any offers to be a starter. He'll have a few offers to be a backup. And the question is, where would he rather be a backup? Who's going to offer him the most money? What scheme is going to fit him the best? I think the Ravens are going to be probably where he wants to go, and you know, a scheme he'll fit the best would be Baltimore. Um, the question is, will the Ravens offer him the most money? I think that's what's going to come down to more than anything else—the uh, money situation. Uh, if the Ravens offer him what he wants, you know, in dollars, or you know, maybe just the best offer overall, he might not want it, but it might be the best he got. Um, then I think he'll end up in Baltimore. So I think that, you know. Again, RG3 is the guy for me personally to be the backup quarterback, but if it's not RG3, it's got to be Tyrod Taylor, um, in my honest, humble opinion. Okay, so that's our free agent of the week, Tyrod Taylor. Um, but moving on to our last segment of the day, yes, I know nest talk is short today. There's not really a whole lot of news to talk about with the Ravens. Um, you know, we're going to get more into the draft as we go on here. I haven't finished my draft board yet, but it is almost done, and it will be up on baltimorefeather.com soon. Um, and of course, once we hit the combine next week, we'll be talking a lot more about a whole lot of new things. So, um, that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun when we hit the combine, but we're not there yet. Um, so our draft prospect of the week this week, uh, I'd selected because, well, Mel Kuyper, the famous Mel Kuyper, selected him to the Baltimore Ravens in his mock draft 2.0. This is, of course, running back Josh Jacobs out of the University of Alabama, Uh, Nick Saban's dominant college football team, one, well, the best college football dynasty I think we've ever seen, um, and they produce NFL prospects like no other team can. Great players come out of there every year, and it's almost a surefire hit to pick a a Crimson Tide running back Obviously the tie of Ozzie Newsom to the uh, Alabama Crimson tide is not quite there anymore. Ozzie Newsome is out of the GM position, but he is still a consultant to the Ravens and Eric DaCosta. And I think this year is gonna be very interesting to see how Eric DaCosta drafts. Will he depart from the Ozzie Newsome, pick the best player available? Will he, you know, draft the same way as Ozzie Newsom? Will he value players the same way as Ozzie Newsom? I think we'll get a bit of an insight into it this year. Obviously it's gonna take a few years to really determine what Eric Dacosta's drafting strategy is, but I think this year we'll get a lot of out of it, and I think it is plausible that, you know, he takes a very solid pick, I think, in Josh Jacobs in the first round, although I don't think we should be taking a running back in the first round this year. I would prefer we go somewhere else, somewhere like guard. Um, I think guard is our biggest need um i would like a running back to be taken primarily in the third round i think is going to be the best place for a running back but they could also trade into the second round with those two third round picks that, i'm sorry the third round pick and the two fourth round picks they have um and they're going to get a compensatory pick for ryan jensen probably a third round pick as well um but josh jacobs i think if they decide to draft him he's an overall good running back um he averages uh, in 2018, he averaged 5.3 yards a carry in 2017, 6.2 in 2016, 6.6, 11 touchdowns last year, um, in his career 16 overall, he had 640 yards rushing last year. And of course there were other running backs in that, uh, Alabama offense that he had to compete with for touches like Damian Harris, uh, who's, uh, one of the better running backs in this draft as well. Damian Harris had a great season last year, um. With the Crimson Tide, um, you know, 876 yards, uh, a remarkable year. But Josh Jacobs also, you know, not only a rusher, he's a guy who can receive too. He had 20 catches last year for 247, the year before, 14 for 168, and 14 for 166 the year prior. Uh, he averages one po- uh, over, way over 10 yards per, per reception. Uh, 11.9 in 2016, 12.0 in 2017, 2018, 12.4. And he has five receiving touchdowns in his career at Alabama. Um, So I think Josh Jacobs makes a lot of sense for the Ravens. They want a guy who can be that number one running back for the future. Uh, They've had problems transitioning breakout running backs. Year after year, um, you had Justin Forsett, 2014 and 2015. He didn't do so well in 2015, did not do well at all in 2016. Then they had Terrence West, who did okay. Uh, It wasn't great. But then comes Alex Collins, who's fantastic in 2016, drops off 2018. Gus Edwards does fantastic in 2018. Will he drop off in 2019? History seems to point yes, but at the same time, I'm not willing to say that he will. I'm not going to condemn Gus Edwards to the same fate as Alex Collins, as Terrence West, or as um, Justin Forsett uh, just yet. Okay, so that's going to be it for today's episode of Nest Talk. I know it is, again, a little short, but we don't really have a whole lot of news. Um, But I think that next week, when the Combine is, you know, ramping up, um, we'll have a lot more to talk about. We'll have a full draft board coming out, and I'll definitely talk about that on here. Um, And... More into positional needs, what to look at the, at the combine for, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We'll have a great show prepared for you next week. But until then, I am Chris Linfont signing out for Nest Talk. You can find Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter, or you can find the Baltimore Feather at Be More Feather on Twitter, or you can find me at Chris Linfont on Twitter. You can also find the Nest Talk on iTunes and YouTube. You can just go to our YouTube page, Baltimore Feather, on YouTube for it, or you can look up uh nest talk on itunes don't forget to follow us on uh, like us on facebook as well nest talk on facebook or baltimore feather on facebook and of course as always uh check in on baltimorefeather.com for the latest and greatest ravens news updates and opinions and of course it's your hub to all of the podcasts as well uh once again i'm chris linfont signing out uh if you're in baltimore and it's a snowy day down here as it is today uh stay safe and enjoy the weather it's And take care, everybody. I will see you next week.